Welcome to the Community of Broken Spirit podcast. We are a group of people who unwittingly became a community when we found ourselves together in a business. Through years of meeting and working together, we, from different church backgrounds, discover just what it takes to love one another, what and all. As God empowered us to comprehend His incredible love, we found ourselves more and more distant from the institutional church, finding it somewhat consumed, preoccupied, and quite removed from the lives we live. It was not exactly a healthy place to be in, for us and for our families. We return to his simple gospel, to know God, to be loved, and to love one another. Perhaps this place may inspire some, that us before, who inadvertently found themselves without a life or church to desire after him again. Each season, we will be sharing stories of our members, sharing the raw, unedited journey of how we came to find Christ and what our lives look like today. We hope by sharing our stories, we can inspire others to avoid the mistakes we made and encourage each other to keep going. Hearing the voice of God, first steps. Obstructions to hearing. In the last episode, I posed this question. How can you be sure that it is God speaking to you? How can you be sure you heard correctly? For that, we need to go back to the analogy of how you know if it's your father on the telephone when someone calls you. Most people will recognize their father's voice. But sometimes the line gets fuzzy and sometimes you cannot really tell. Sometimes maybe you're tired or maybe you're too emotionally involved over some issue in your life and there's a struggle between your mind and your heart. And it obstructs your ability to hear clearly or to think straight. Sometimes also you are under pressure to live up to others' expectations of you. For example, say you go to church, you went up for an altar call and someone prays for you. He gives you a word but you're not sure about it. Is it really what God wants you to do? But you're under pressure to agree and to say amen, praise the Lord, and just to make the person feel better about himself, so you just went along with it. Maybe it's a call to serve God full-time or part-time or as a missionary, or to give to the church building fund or do any other volunteer work at church. Sometimes also when you're asked to pray for someone in church, yes, pray for the person on the left, on the right, or someone dear asks you to pray over a desperate situation. And you cannot hear or see anything that God has to say about it there and then. So usually when I'm not sure, I will just keep quiet or politely acknowledge the request and try to avoid making any promises, you know, that's from my soul. Uh, which I know I haven't heard from God. But sometimes I'm pressured within me to offer a word of consolation or to say something what the other person would like to hear, that I think I hear or see something. But I will try to resist that easy way out and ask the Lord for confirmation. And if I should ask a person for confirmation, who do I look for? 
Well, first, uh, I will tell you who I don't go to for confirmation. It is a person who works very hard in church because they are too busy to pray, right? So they are generally running around doing so many tasks at the same time that they are not. They cannot even be totally present. I mean, they mean well. I I understand their sacrifice and hard work for God, and uh, but I'm not sure if they are really able to hear directly from God, because they are so busy, serving God especially. So I avoid these people whom I call the martyrs, the people who really work very hard and so busy with so many things, to to take care of people, the church and events and all that. Instead, I will find a Mary, one who sits at Jesus' feet all the time to confirm the word. Or I go to read the Bible and wait for confirmation in my quiet time. But the problem is sometimes God is silent. You may wonder why does God not speak? Have you experienced this? You pray, you pray, you need to hear from God. It is pressing, and you wait, and you still cannot hear God. Many times, when I don't get His confirmation, it's actually because I'm not ready to listen to what He says. So at times, I know exactly what He's going to say, and I'm not willing to obey it. So I deliberately do not want to yada. I deliberately do not want to hear Rima. That's when the Jonah in me wants to run away, far, far away. And God often lets me get tired of running until I quiet, quiet, you know, uh, obey obediently come back. So the main thing is, if you want to hear God speak, you must be prepared to listen, and then to simply trust and obey. Still, God is merciful and kind. He knows what we can handle and what we cannot. He waits for us to be tired enough of running when we cannot continue resisting His voice. He waits for me until I cannot wait any more. Only when it becomes too critical or urgent, then He will intervene. At least for me, He does. I always find that God always provides for my needs. Even though, even when I don't know I have a need, that is the fatherly heart of God. Now, here are some tips for you in my years of learning to hear my father's voice. Number one, talk less, listen more. I always tell my children this: God made us with one mouth and two ears, and not two mouths and one ear. So we have to listen twice. As hard, twice more than speaking. Now, some people when they pray, they talk too much. You say, "Okay, God, I'm here to pray and to listen to your voice," and then you rattle all the items on your prayer list like a machine gun. You finish one request, and before God can answer, you're already on the next item on your list. You treat God like an answering machine. Press record, press record, and when you're done with your list, you say, "Okay, I'm finished with my prayers. I have to go already. Got no more time. Bye, bye, God." And then you wonder why doesn't God speak to me? Why can't I hear His voice? It's because you never give Him a chance to even speak. The God I know is a very, very generous God, but He's also a person who doesn't waste. So if you just want God to listen to your complaints, to your petitions, but you're not really interested to hear what He has to say, or you're not prepared to obey, He will not waste time telling you anything. Right, got it. So number two, learn to quiet your soul. If you want to hear that quiet voice, 
you better be willing to obey, willing to be quiet, willing to wait for God to speak, willing to give Him your full attention. Sometimes when it gets too noisy or I'm too stressed, I go away to my cave. Whether it's for three days or one day or even a few hours in a cozy, quiet cafe. Sometimes I go to another room away from my work desk because when I see my work, I get distracted. I go somewhere else to be quiet so that I can hear God. Because sometimes when I face mountains of day-to-day stress, my mind is racing and it's a million miles away, so I just cannot hear God. Number three, listen with the right attitude. The other times when God is silent is when a person is unteachable. It's when you have pride in your spirit, when you have a bad attitude. My kids remember that when they were younger, we had a clause in our family contract that says no balfing. B-A-L-F stands for bad attitude, long face. In my family, uh, we have a system of penalties and rewards in our family contract. There are different levels. If anyone is balfing, they won't be hurt until they are able to speak properly with the right attitude and the right face. So when you go to God with a bad attitude and a long face and say, God, I want to talk to you. I want to hear from you now. But guess what? Do you think God wants to speak to you at that moment? Number four, it takes practice. My daughter was learning French in London and my son used to learn Japanese. After their first lesson, second lesson, after their first month, do you think they can speak fluent Japanese or French? No, right? These things take time and practice. Especially for languages, the fastest and only effective way to master a new language, I feel, is, in, is when you are put in an environment where you cannot use any other language and you have to use it on a day-to-day basis. Number five, it cannot be borrowed or downloaded. Because it's about having a relationship with God, right? It cannot be a borrowed faith. It cannot be a borrowed relationship. Like I told you before about the story in Japan, you cannot hire an actor to pay for someone to act as God's child on your behalf and talk to him and meet with him and think that your heavenly father will just play along with it. Some people just want answers, but they don't really want to know God or are interested in building a relationship with him. They just want answers to be downloaded to their brains in an instant for a quick fix to their problems. Like God is an ATM machine or, you know, a magician. I'm sorry, but if you're not interested to hear or do not invest time to hear what God has to say personally and directly to you, He also has nothing to say to you. Number six, no human substitute for God. I don't want anyone to mistake me as a substitute for God. I'm not God, firstly, and I can tell you that. Not even an angel. I make mistakes. I have my high and low moments. And my low moments are usually when I'm very, very tired or stressed. I get grumpy. I lose my patience and temper mostly during such times. Okay? So everyone has to train their spiritual hearing skills themselves and not expect me to to listen for them. Right, uh, And that's why when people come and say, Sarah, please pray for me and tell me what God says, I tell them, I'll teach you how to yada, how to rima, and you practice and learn how to hear God for yourself.
That's why in Corpse, we focus only on worshipping God. Everyone hears from God directly and for themselves. We don't usually pray for people or minister to anyone when asked. We let God direct. Number seven, baby steps. You have to spend time and effort, okay? So take baby steps. What do you do when your baby first learns how to crawl? Are you right by her side when she learns to take her first steps? Let me tell you about my husband's sister's daughter. When she was a baby, she was not allowed to fall in case she hurt herself. Her grandparents, my in-laws, would wedge her between two pillows and sleep on each side so that she cannot turn on her side as well. They are afraid that if the baby turns on her side, she will bury her face and die of suffocation. When my daughter Nikki was a baby, she was very strong. At six weeks, she was able to lift her head when I put her on her tummy. She has strong muscular limbs. Soon enough, she was seizing up and she was crawling everywhere. And that freaked my mother-in-law, her grandmother, out. She was worried that Nikki was going to hit her face if her arms gave way while she lifted her head. Or she would hurt herself by walking into something. Or if she would fall. So I told my mother-in-law then, if my baby falls flat on her face, she knows what pain is. And then she'll know that she shouldn't do that again until her muscles can hold herself up. How else can she learn and strengthen her muscles? My children grew up very strong and are quite athletic, while their cousin was weak and faced many physical and emotional challenges. If we don't make mistakes, we cannot learn. God will not fault you for making mistakes, but He may chide you for not even trying. So, you want to hear His voice? There will be errors, there will be spews, and there will be faults. Number eight, He's bigger than our mistakes. I always tell my children this, you are not perfect children, and I'm not a perfect mother. Sometimes we, as parents, say, oh, do this, do this, and do that. But that's our job, you know, because that's what we think is best for you, okay? But I admit, I can be wrong more than once, more than twice, a lot of times truly. And as my children know, and I can tell you, I'll go before God and tell God, I messed up. I'm so sorry. I'm so, so sorry. I feel terrible. I messed up. But you know what? God said to me something so beautiful. He said, Sarah, I'm bigger than your mistake. Phew, what a relief. So even if I heard him wrong and acted on wrong information, he is still bigger than my mistake. In fact, he can even make the wrong things right for me because he knows that I truly love him. And when I think rightly or wrongly, that I'm simply doing everything in accordance to his will. So you check out Romans chapter 8, verse 28. It's one of my favorite verses of the Bible. In some cases, being right is actually wrong. Some people are legally right. They follow the book to the letter. For example, the Pharisees, they watched, they read, they obeyed all the laws. Everything right? They did everything right according to Logos. But remember, they were the ones who crucified Jesus. They mocked Jesus. They rejected Jesus. But the people who were wrong from a legal standpoint were the prostitutes and other sinners and yet Jesus was dining and whining with them. So, 
God is bigger than our mistakes. Isn't that very comforting? It is to me. But we must also remember we can make mistakes because we have anxiety, stress, or we have imperfect knowledge, right? So when making a major decision or purchase, I always seek confirmation from a second opinion because I'm wise enough to know that I'm human. But God is always bigger than my mistake. Thank God, okay? But because I know I'm real, I'm human, I'm vulnerable, I will have my bad days and my good days. I have my anxious time. And I'm, we are also living in a spiritually contentious time, right? So especially for this China trip years ago, I wasn't sure it would happen with all of the spiritual warfare going on. On this trip, we were bringing children with us as well. One of them is still going through a battle with leukemia. So I really need to be sure and not just trust my own hearing. I felt I need more confirmation. And that is when I put what I learned about the three W's into practice. This I will talk about in the next episode. Hi there! If you found that this episode resonates with you or if you would like to share your story, please drop a review at Apple Podcast. It will serve a fresh dose of blessings to those of us who work so hard to produce the content of this podcast. By doing so, you will also help more people find this podcast. If you are interested, we also have a blog at communityofbrokenspirit.org. Again, is a community of brokenspirit.org where we post twice a week stories and parts of our members' journals from past and present years. Thank you so much. Remember, you matter.